Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? <sighs> Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 131 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, once again, Ray is not with us this week. He is off uh, saving the world, or at least making it more artistic. And <laughs> instead, I have a wonderful guest co-host, Brian Johnson from The Average Geek Show. How you doing, Brian? I'm tip-top, Joe. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. And then we have a very special treat and an absolute first for us on the show. I have one of my students on here, uh, Marturia Yami. How are you doing, Marturia? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, we're going to jump right in. Marturia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, okay, well, my name is Marturia. I'm a senior at... Well, I call him Mr. Hogan, but at Joe's school, um, I like to read a lot of books. I love to watch TV shows. I like superheroes. Um, Geekitude-wise, I really lack in video games, which is quite ironic because of what we're actually going to be talking about today. But (laughs) (laughs) um, but other than that, you know, I love programming and being an all-around feminist. And I like my dog, even though he doesn't like me. What kind of dog do you have, Maturia? He's a mutt. I don't know what he is. He looks like a <laughs> like just kind of a moldy loaf of bread, in my opinion, because he's gray <laughs> and just like really long. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, 
So you said that your your geekitude is low in video games, but like, what kind of genres of books do you do you tend to read a lot of? Oh, I read. I've I don't know. Over the years, I've read a lot of like all of the genres. I guess um, when I was younger, I read all of the Sherlock Holmes multiple times because I just I don't know oh. why I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, I like it. you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when I was like younger, I was really into fantasy stuff. Um, and my sisters used to bully me for it. I had two older sisters, and they are not like me at all. And so I used to like in our library, they used to have these like giant books that were like dragons. This, this is a real dragon scale and a feather. And this is where you can find dragons. And I was like gobbling that up. And I love to read those kinds of books, even though my parents thought it was like satanic. And so <laughs> that's what I used to read. Um, I, re- I read a lot of fantasy. I read all the Harry Potter books in third grade, which was like a feat of its own. And then, Oh gosh. Yeah, I just read pretty much everything. Currently, I'm into really trashy YA romance novels. So, it, it feels and like- the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I you know, I, it's it's deserving. Yeah, I see my taste is going down. It's one of those things. <laughs> well, it's like the palate cleanser. Like after you've done all the really intense stuff, you kind of have to have something that's just kind of mindless and frivolous. Yeah. That's so true. At this point in my life, I'm just kind of, I don't, I don't want the added drama of another book. I just want something to just coast with. Yeah. I mean, like this is, this is probably, you know, I, you should never admit this to, to students where teachers are not supposed to have favorite students, but Marturia has made it into like the upper echelons of where it's like, she comes in and she says, so you need to read this. And, other times I'll, you know, other students will say that I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll th- I'll put it on my long list that I'll never get to, and then she's like, you have to read this, and I will literally download it for the drive home. <laughs> I'm I'm honored that you think so highly of my opinion because I I surely don't. Well, you don't recommend things unless you really really believe in that's them. True. So that's true. That's that's why I don't tell anybody about my trashy romance novels. I never write. Well, now the world knows. Yeah, now I've exposed myself. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite fandom? Like, if you had to pick one, I know that's like choosing a favorite child, but. Honestly, I kind of just bounce around. I'm like very non I mean, I'm committed as in like I'll be in that fandom, but currently. So this is. Okay. There's this TV show called uh, Voltron. Legendary Defender, mm-hmm. not not the one from the '80s, the, the newer one, right? Uh-huh. And I love that show. And turns out that a few of my friends who kind of know each other, and then one of my friends from Girls Who Code, which we'll be talking about later, she also really likes the show. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be having five separate conversations about our favorite gay ship. So I made a giant group chat of just random people, and I was like, hey guys. We all love the same TV show. Let's talk about it. And they became friends, and I was very happy. Like, I was a proud mom. And that's that's currently my favorite fandom. That's also how that. most podcasts start. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything out there that you love that isn't mainstream that you just can't stop recommending to people? Oh, my God. Honestly, I think, like... Um, 
Good God. What do I like? Now that I'm thinking about it. I have I have very limited. Oh, actually, I know. There's this TV show called The Librarians. <gasps> it was based I'm sorry. <laughs> Fangirl really, really hard. Please continue. <laughs> Yeah, so I watched um, what I think they had like a couple original movies. So I watched those and I was like, wow, this is really great. And then I found out they were coming out with TV shows and I was like really excited because it's like a bunch of like nerds who just do really cool things mm-hmm. and like they're, and I'm like, I could be that, you know? And so, <laughs> I mean, like, I couldn't be that, but in my, in my dreams, I could be that. And oh, because then my intellect would have been going to waste. And oh my god, the pop culture references that they make throughout that entire show. Yes! Oh my goodness. Oh, god. Yes. I, it's such a beautiful show. Well, I'm sorry to break your heart, but it has been cancelled. Exactly. That, honestly, I um, I recently rewatched it and I was like, wait a second. Is this, you know, getting a fifth season, I think? And I found out that it didn't and I honestly shed a couple tears. It was yeah. a sad moment. Well, because TNT wanted to focus on their drama, you know, and that didn't fit into the category of drama. <clears throat> I'm aggressively like rolling my eyes right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So frustrating. Like I hate it when they they cancel. Joe, you don't even know. Are you? You're you're not a fan of librarians, are you? I, you know what? I started to get into it, and <laughs> I was Matt blocked. Um, he he just couldn't get into it, and maybe it was because we started with one of the movies, and it wasn't as good as I heard the, the TV show was. So that's on my long list of things that I want to get to, but don't know when. Oh, Joe, we happen. will talk. <laughs> um. Marjorie, are you, do you have any projects going on right now? Any? Um, I know when I say projects, <laughs> a totally different connotation for you than for most people. But um, any any kind of geeky projects or things that you're working on? Well, um, my friend's birthdays are coming up and Christmas is coming up. And since I have no money um, and I'm terrible at giving gifts, I I'm like trying to come up with. Um, paintings to make for my friends because i really enjoy painting uh so that's something i'm doing because i mean you know senior year gotta go out with a bang and then um actually i really i've really recently started thinking about this and by recently i mean like five hours ago um I was writing we were i was in english class and we have to do like 20 minutes of writing on mondays and one of the prompts was like, you know, included this in your first sentence. And the quote was, I believe that blank is cult or is a cult or whatever. And I was like, okay. Twilight fandom. Possibly. But I was thinking, you know, um, bro culture is what I wanted to talk about. Like, <laughs> you know, like bro and, you know, meatheads and stuff like that. And then it kind of just branched off into talking about like the cis heterosexual white boys that I grew up with and you know, how their culture divulges into a bunch of different subgroups and how to interact with those cultures and stuff. And now I want to write about it just for fun. Cause I think it would be really interesting and I feel like it would be a good way to vent too. 
And this is why I love Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. You're kind of awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Nobody tells me that. Except Mr. Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. Thank you for, for letting us have a little peek into your life, Martyria. Yeah. Um, I, I think you've already got uh, a new best friend in, in Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to make you a bracelet. Uh, We're going to be besties. It's going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> um. We're going to move on to our weekly geekery, um, where we kind of just talk about what we've been geeking out about this week. Uh, Brian, what have you been up to? Um, we've, it's only been a week since yes. we talked. So. Um, well, uh, Sunday was my bi-weekly D&D group, uh, which is the most fun I have every two weeks. Uh, and my character leveled, so I was able nice. to finally start my multi-class. Um, I don't know if I've discussed this with you, Joe, but I am no, not at I all. am a Goliath champion fighter that is multi-classing as a barbarian. Wow, that sounds pretty uh, epic. I am a beast. I I have single-handedly done over a hundred damage to enemies in one round. What level? Uh, are you? Only seven. That's pretty cool. Wow. I, I, I rolled really well on my stats um, to the point where I've maxed my strength. Uh, so, and I have a plus three great axe. So I, I, I hit hard um, nice. to the point where my DM goes, oh, crap, I got to make things harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if I miss a session, I know that somebody in my party will die. So I don't miss a session. Um but uh, the other thing that I did um, is I am starting my own bi-weekly tabletop gaming night on Friday nights um, where we're not going to play D&D because that's, that's its own thing. But we're bringing back, you know, the tabletop gaming night. Uh, we're, it's, mine is this Friday. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, Firefly, the board game. Um, maybe a little bit of Cards Against Humanity and plenty of alcohol. Um, so it's going to be my first time hosting a board game night and I'm really super excited about it. Um, you definitely have to add on there, uh, pandemic legacy. Um, I have pandemic. I need to get pandemic legacy. Yeah, it's, we've only played one session. We have to get everybody back together and play a second set the next session in the round. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, well, I'm, it's on my list of things to do. <laughs> Very cool. Anything else? Um, well, I know last show I talked to you about like my journey to accrue skills instead of material things. Mm -hmm. um, I learned a new skill on Saturday. Oh, what'd you do? Um, well, my grandmother happened to break the lock to our garage door. And I learned from a locksmith how to uh, basically drill out a lock and replace nice. the lock and uh, handle set. So there's that. That's kind of cool. I was hoping you were going to say that you learned how to pick a lock and then we could go on um, misadventures together. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's, there's things like legalities, you know. Yeah, legality. <laughs> Just small things, but actually, no, that is something I want to learn, is how to pick a lock. 
Um, I had a, a student who now subs for us, which is kind of amazing, who like he was very much of that learn a new skill every month kind of person. So, you know, we were at our theater festival one year and he's riding around on a unicycle juggling and it's like, yeah, he's 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 working well. And what, I remember when one year he came in and he's like, so I've learned how to pick locks. So that's the thing. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So, OK, yeah. so Marturia. Best piece of advice I've ever received in my life. And I didn't realize it because I was about your age when I got it. Now I sound like an old man. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, is that you should not spend your life trying to acquire worldly goods. Uh, le- spend your life learning skills and you will never have a boring life. That's pretty solid advice. I just took advantage of it last year so learn from my mistakes start acquiring skills it'll be fun i will i gotta tell do you, my best <laughs> i gotta tell you Mar- marturi has already got a, a leg up on both of us my friend well i'm seeing that but i wanted to feel wise before i feel really stupid, so. no cool no it's okay i have like three skills and then everything else i'm like slightly mediocre at so i can just like kind of brag about it but if you delve too deep into it i just panic oh don't panic this is a judgment-free zone (laughs) (laughs) that's cool that's awesome um so this week was i watched was i listening to jay and miles when i talked to you yes on monday yes the x-men yeah, so i'm further in on jay and miles explain the x-men and it's amazing and so um, listening to that, listening to a lot of that, that's kind of the only thing I'm listening to right now. But I am trying to find a good writing um, podcast because the, the only way I learn things anymore is through podcasts because that's, like I said, this morning it took me two and a half hours to get to work. So it's two and a half hours of learning. I there can you get. go. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to find a, a good um, writing podcast that I can go and, and kind of work through because NaNoWriMo is just around the corner. And I will be talking about that after the commercial break a little bit, but uh, we're, we're working on that. And then uh, finally, after a month of trying to level my uh, new character and wow, I finally got into the new content. So I just on Saturday was hit, hit 110 and was able to start playing um, the Battle for Azeroth content, which is amazing. I'm, and I'm surprised you went to work today, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got enough days coming up that I'm going to have to miss that. That that is just not like I don't have that. I don't have that freedom, and I'm in the middle of of rehearsals for one of our three shows right now. So I have very specific days that I can and cannot take. Oh off. gosh. Yeah, at this point, like Wednesdays and Thursdays. If it doesn't, if if I'm not sick on Wednesday or Thursday, I cannot be sick. It's just not. It's not a possibility. It's not good for your health. I worry about you. <laughs> not little punum. So that's that's what I'm up to. Marturia, how about you? What have you been up? To? Did you get any geeking in this week? I mean, yeah, actually. Well, since my whole life kind of revolves around school or reading, um, there's this book that I found called A Blade So Black by something McKinley, McKinney, McKinney, I'm illiterate, but the book is just, 
an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, I believe. And there's like a black girl in it. And so I'm like, obviously that's me. And so I've just been really excited about that. And I really want to read it. And then the other book that I've been freaking out about is called Toil and Trouble, 15 Tales of Women and Witchcraft which is just about like modern women and past women and their relationship to witchcraft and freedom and stuff like that, which I was like, wow. And um, also recently for a book club that I'm a part of, I acquired Scum Manifesto by Valerie Solanas, um, the lady who killed Andy Warhol. Oh. And yeah. I was pretty surprised too, but um, the whole book is pretty much about how men have ruined the world and it's time for the matriarchy. So it's going to be interesting read. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, it's that's, that's all I do. All I do is read and sleep. And this is Not why really, women will because... rule the world one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're waiting. Um. <laughs> Well, and she's uh, Marturia is also right now my um, my art director for all of my shows. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like God. That's the thing I'm doing. It. <laughs> you know, talking to both of you, I feel like I'm doing absolutely nothing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing too much. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. If I don't get into a college that I really actually want to go to. I just, I'm done. I'm not saying that all of this that I'm doing right now is for college, but that's like exactly what I'm saying. If you catch my drift. <laughs> oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of stuff. I love, I love adaptations of um, Alice in Wonderland. So I may have to check out a blade. So black, is it, is it good? I have no idea. I've heard it's really good though. Like some of my, um, because apparently all my Twitter is like just politics and literature. So all the authors that I follow on Twitter are like, oh my goodness, this book is so good. And I'm like, okay, I, I trust your judgment. I have no time to read this, but I'm going to make time. So I'll let you know how it, how it turns out. Yeah, I'll have to see if it becomes a, a recommendation. Because I mean, like, did you ever read um, The Wonderland Wars? Yes. Wait, it's the duology, right? Maybe. Yeah, I, I know. I think you know. I'm gonna look this up right now. I'm pretty sure that I read those because all I did during eighth grade was read because I had no friends. So the the story was really fascinating, but it was so poorly written I couldn't do it. Yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I'm on my Goodreads right now, and it's in my um. It's in my, it's, is it the, the looking glass wars, right? Yeah. The looking glass wars. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I read those. They're, um, they're interesting for sure. The but like, the stories were good, but it was just like, as I was reading, I'm like, no, this is, this is bad. Like your story's great. Your grammar is horrible. <laughs> like, I, I just can't. <laughs> uh, so I can, I can relate to this. Um, <clears throat> Joe, I don't think you know this about me, but I am a huge World War II buff. Like, okay. throw some World War II questions at me. I bet you I can answer them. Nice. But um, I read John Bazelon's book. Uh, if any of you saw Steven Spielberg's The Pacific, 
Uh, it was a. I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the series he did after Band of Brothers about the war in the Pacific. Anyway, um, John Bazalone wrote a book that they tried to incorporate into the series. I read the book. It was so poorly written, but so fascinating. Um, he felt like he had to be an author instead of just telling his story. Mm-hmm. So everything was extremely detailed. And when he, he used a lot of uh, simile and metaphor in his descriptions. Uh, so, you know, he'd spend like a paragraph talking about how dark the night was. And just with all kinds of adjectives. And it's like, I cannot get past your descriptions of things. Like I got a firm grasp of it. Like the first sentence. Yeah. And it was so hard to read. And the grammar was poor. It's like somebody handed him a pen and said, just go to town. (laughs) That's what editors are for. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand how these, those things kind of happen. Like I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Honestly, that just kind of sounds like the mountain scene from Frankenstein and then <laughs> like the entirety of All Quiet on the Western Front. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be one hundred percent honest. I did not read All Quiet on the Western Front. Like I know I was supposed to for your <laughs> class, Mr. Hogan, but I couldn't read it. I honestly just I kept falling asleep and I did not understand what was going on whatsoever. So, and I have to say, I have to say that kills me because out of all of the books I taught the year you were a sophomore, like that's my favorite book. <laughs> what? Yes, it's I, so good. You have to go back and give it another chance. I, I will try when I have time and the will. But fr- I actually really enjoyed Frankenstein. I'll let you know that. That's probably actually one of my favorite books now. I, were you one of the people who got really pissed off at at Victor? Oh yeah, Victor's such a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I can relate. I, the, the dumb one in the room could relate to things that we're talking about. No, I had a hard time getting through Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I was one of the kids that actually went out and bought the movie. Not like the like the Boris Karloff movie, but the one that was called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Robert De Niro as the monster. <laughs> That's the one I show every year I teach it. <laughs> Yeah, I was that kid, and I'm sorry, I know what Robert De Niro was trying to do, like, hey, I'm a serious actor, but, oh my god, there's a comedian that does a bit about it, it's like, do not bring that fire near me, and it's so accurate. (laughs) Well, and we always talk about Flaming Ball of Elizabeth. Oh, god. (laughs) Yeah, I don't teach teach Frankenstein anymore, and I know a lot of my my past students are very upset because now the the legacy of watching that film is is gone. It's done. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, in my high school, they decided that it would be a good idea to show us Roman Polanski's Shakespeare. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Joe. Yeah. Well, on that note, (laughs) um, that was our weekly geekery. Uh, We are going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we are going to come back, and we are going to listen to all of Marturia's uh, amazing adventures uh, with Girls Who Code. We'll be right back. I'm Void. And I'm Beej. And together, we're the Geek to Geek podcast. Well, we make it. 
It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today and we're back uh, you just heard some messages from other shows on our network and um, there's actually two episodes of tea time out right now that has come out since our last uh, recording uh, one Chelsea talks about uh, culture shock because she did move to Ireland I think about a year ago at this point uh, maybe a little longer, and um, how to make geeky friends when you're in a new place. So that they have listed as a mini episode, so make sure to catch that. And then they do something that I always find very helpful. They did a fall TV preview. So go check those two things out. Um, I would also like to mention that if you are listening to the show and you have any interest in doing NaNoWriMo this year, um, I have a Facebook group that is doing NaNoWriMo this year. And last year, I think two of the six of us got to the end. I did. I was not one of them and my husband was not one of them, but we're going to try and plan a little bit better this year and, and make that 50,000 words. So if you are interested in joining a bunch of people who like to uh, encourage people during NaNoWriMo, um, hit me up on Facebook and we'll get you, we'll get you invited into the group. Joe, for, for those of us who don't know, what is NaNoWriMo? Oh, NaNoWriMo is uh, National Novel Writing Month. It happens every November. And the idea is that you write, it within a month's time, 50,000 words. And so you kind of set yourself a daily goal. And they've got all different types of techniques and different things you can do to um, better ensure that you can make it to the, the finish line. And you, quote, unquote, win uh, NaNoWriMo if you hit your 50,000 words before the end of November. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I've, I've got a story in mind, and so I'm, I'm excited about it. I know Matt didn't make the, the 50,000 words during November, but it got him writing his novel again, and he is actually in the middle of doing edits on a finished uh, manuscript. So it is a, <gasps> yeah, it's a good way to get yourself kind of creatively... Uh, hold yourself accountable creatively. So, lots of fun. All right, but the real reason why we are here today is Marturia. You got into uh, the program Girls Who Code, and then um, messaged me from uh, Blizzard HQ. <laughs> very, very jealous about guess where I am. So basically, we want to hear all about your experience and um, how you got into the program and what you did once you were in it. Oh, gosh. Okay, where do I begin? Um, so, yeah. At the beginning is a good oh, place. Your mind. What a genius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, so 
first, um, I found Girls Who Code, for those of you who don't know, is a program that, um, it's a free program that pretty much teaches girls how to code over the span of a summer. Specifically, their summer immersion program is what does that, and that's what I participated in. And so I heard about it online through a TED Talk, because that is another one of my hobbies, is binging TED Talks. And um, the CEO of Girls Who Code did a TED Talk, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So I applied for the program, and I applied for another program as well, and I somehow got into both of them, but I decided to stick with the Girls Who Code because I want to kind of go into engineering and um, computer science when, you know, in the future. And so I was like picking my locations on where I wanted to go, and um, I was like, well, all of these locations are about the same distance from my house, and they were about each two hours away from my house. So I was like, which one is the... you know, the least distance and Blizzard or the location at Blizzard was um, five minutes shorter than the e- every other distance. So I was like, yes, this is the choice that I want to make. And also, <laughs> you know, that those five minutes, um, they make they make a world of difference. And so I decided to go to Blizzard and I'd heard about Blizzard, but I don't know. I I've tried to get into video games, but I was heavily discouraged by my parents because they're like, who's going to play with you? No one's going to play with you, and you're going to be playing video games by yourself, and that's sad. So I never ended up getting into video games, but the summer I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Blizzard, and I don't want to seem like a total poser, so I have to educate myself. So I tried to learn about video games. That didn't work out, so I got there. <laughs> I got there like the first day. I was running late, of course, because I have a terrible sense of direction, and I was driving all summer by myself, which was also horrible on on its own. And I got there, and we met um, the people who were in charge of the summer immersion program at Blizzard. They, um, their names were Comney and Brittany, and. They, they're like part of the philanthropy team for Blizzard, and they are the nicest people I've ever met. Actually, no, let me reframe that. Everybody at Blizzard, first of all, they're just like the nicest people that I've ever met. And I think the, the major selling point or the thing that makes everyone so nice there is the fact that they really enjoy what they're doing because they're just a bunch of nerds who are just doing nerdy things all day. And they're so content with that. And honestly, watching them work every day and getting to interact with them and learning from them made me want to be like them. And like at the end of the summer, I was like, man, I want to work at Blizzard. Like people here are so happy and I want to be that happy in the future, too. So it was um, it was a really great experience. We met a lot of different people. We did a lot of different workshops. They gave us a lot of goodies, which I'm you know, actively using today so they don't seem that, you know, they've gone to waste. I'm actually playing the games that they gave me, even though I'm horrible at it. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I, Like, by horrible, I mean terrible. I'm very bad at video games. I enjoy them, though. I think that's the best part. But it was, you know, that rambling. Overall, it was just a really good experience, and I really did enjoy it. I, very, I feel very privileged to have been able to go there. Um, what I want to cry because that sounds like heaven. <laughs> what was the what was the application process like? The app- well, see, 
I have a terrible habit of turning in applications as, at, at the last minute because I don't know, maybe I just, my adrenaline rush, or you know, adre- adrenaline junkies, like when they go on roller coasters, I'm like that, but for mm-hmm. turning in things late, like turning it in at 11.59 exactly, and I just get that adrenaline rush. Um, but I turned that application in like at the last minute and you know, there's a lot of different programs that I was applying to because they were like, you know, the summer going into senior year is really important. You know, colleges are really looking at what you're doing. And so I was like, well, there's a couple essays they want me to write about some experiences in my life. And um, one of the biggest things about Girls Who Code is their, you know, promotion of sisterhood because they want to not only teach girls how to program, but they also want to teach girls to be encouraging and loving of one another and um, all of these great qualities. And they want to build a sisterhood. And so the essay that I wrote about was um, sisterhood. And at my school, I actually took a programming class before the, before I did girls who code, it was for Java. And um, it was my first formal class. And, there was about 35 people in that class. And I think at most eight girls and like the rest were boys. And most of the people already had a lot of experience coding before, except for me and another one of, and and this other girl. And um, we didn't really know each other, but we were in the same grade and we became really good friends through that program. And so, um, She's actually in my Voltron Legendary Defender group chat, which I think is really funny. But she and I, you know, created a really strong bond and a friendship through that class because 90% of the time we did not know what what was going on. And so we just kind of shared each other's confusion and we shared our struggle (laughs) and we bonded over our struggle. And so that's what I wrote my essay about. And I think that's probably what kind of helped me get into the program is because I showed you know, a real life struggle that I went through and, you know, a real life situation where I experienced sisterhood. So, I mean, other than that, the application was pretty simple. I think they want it to be pretty simple because they want a lot of people to apply. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing how the more you add, I mean, we found that out when we were auditioning for shows this year. It's like we, we asked for a headshot and resume this year, which we'd never done before. And it was like, <laughs> that like stymied people. They were like, yeah, Man, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so when um, when you got there, what was your um, like, did it what were your your expectations versus the reality once you got there? Like, did you go in thinking one thing and, and discovering something else? Um, I honestly don't know what I was expecting going into it. Um, I expected to get lost, which I did. That was not fun because I had no idea where to go. And I awkwardly stood in the lobby of one of the buildings for like a solid five minutes until I figured out where I was supposed to go. Um, but I think overall... Like, I'm a very awkward person around people, like, in person. And so I've been trying to improve on that. And so I told myself going into the summer that I have to work at being more outgoing. And, I mean, even if I'm not that outgoing, at least being more sociable and trying to interact with people more. And so I told myself, hey, these are your people, even though, you know, you're not necessarily geeking out about the same exact things. Overall, you are the same breed of people and you will be okay. 
And so I just kind of psyched myself out. Like I didn't psych myself out. I just, you know, I, I told myself, I gave myself a pep talk and I said, you can do this. And I did it and it turned out pretty great. So yeah. Um, did you, that's the best way to approach it. I yeah, think. Absolutely. Uh, when you were there, what were some of your favorite, like how did, well, how did they structure the, the program and, and did you have a favorite part of that kind of routine? Well, um, so every week we, for the first five weeks, cause the, the program was seven weeks long. So for the first five weeks, we learned a programming language every week and we did a project every day using what we had learned. And so we learned like, I think like six languages, six or five languages, because we doubled up on some of the weeks. And then the last two weeks we worked on a final project. And so it was a bit, the the coursework was actually a a bit heavy because we did do a lot of things. Um, We learned a lot of stuff and it was was from nine o'clock to four o'clock. And so it was, I'm not comparing it to a job, but it was quite strenuous for me because, you know, I had to drive every morning and then like sit down and do the, do the classwork and everything. But, um, I actually really enjoyed it. My favorite part was when we got to work with robots. And so for one of our days, one of our projects was to, um, use LED lights and, um, a programming language called Arduino C to program our robots to dance. And so I was like telling my group, you know, we need to make our robot dance to the most iconic song of this century, Toxic by Britney Spears. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so um, I think I have a video of our robot just dancing to Toxic by Britney Spears. And that was probably one of my biggest highlights. Um, you know, there were a lot of dogs on the Blizzard campus because it's a it's a dog friendly campus. So I think that might have been also a highlight. There were a lot of corgis. Oh, corgis. Made me so happy. Nice. <laughs> so basically, everything you've explained about how, like, I think those of us who are huge Blizzard fanboys just kind of picture the Blizzard campus as like this place where you drive up and the gates open and the chorus of angels sing. And you, you've done nothing to um, take away that <laughs> that mental yeah, image. Yeah, I, I try not. I mean, they it did not disappoint. I don't know what I was expecting when I went in, but every like hidden or subconscious expectation was totally met, for sure. Uh, who were some of the people? Because you even mentioned to me that you you met some people that I think those of us who who are huge Warcraft fans or huge um, Diablo fans would just die if we knew who you were walking in with every day. Oh, okay. So like I mentioned, um, I would, okay. So classes started at nine o'clock and that's when they took attendance. And so I drove myself and because I'm totally irresponsible, I was always running late. And so, um, after a couple weeks, I started parking in one of their in, in the back parking lot for um, their campus, and 
it was next to the Overwatch building. So like every day when I was like running late with my sand with like my breakfast sandwich in my mouth, like trying to rush to class, I would see like Jeff Kaplan just like walking with his coffee and like maybe like a donut or something. And he'd always be like, Hello, good morning, how are you? And you know, like just pleasantries and then he'd just go on his merry way and I was like, Very cool, very cool and that was like a an occurring thing. Um we were able to meet um, the executive producer for WOW, and he was really cool. He had really long hair. I don't remember his name, and I feel so bad, but he was, like, a really cool person, and they were telling us a lot about um, – because this was over the summer, so this was before Battle for Azeroth came out. And so mm-hmm. we got – they got to – they let us see a little sneak peek of, like, the oh. trailers and stuff like that. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is all after, you know. So I can, I think I can talk, I hope I can talk about this now. Probably. We're fine. I'm not going to get sued. But, um, it, so they like let us see some trailers and, um, my mentor actually, cause each of the girls got a mentor from Blizzard who was a female worker there. And my mentor was a, she worked for WoW, um, specifically like on their app and stuff like that. And so. That was like a really cool experience meeting her. She also had a dog and she would bring him all the time to work. So I got to play with him. Um, we also met Mike Morheim, the CEO. He was so amazing. Ex- <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Because we met him on the Friday of our first week. So most of the times on like Fridays, we go on field trips. So we... Um, would like go around Blizzard, meet different like teams. Um, we'd meet our mentors. One time we went to LA and um, went to Activision, oh. and we met some of their team uh, members and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we met when we met Mike Morheim. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was like a question, um, like panel kind of thing. But it was just him, and. For some reason, I was like, because, you know, I was like, okay, CEO, what have TV shows taught me what CEOs look like? So, like, you're very generic CEO, like, from a television show. That's what I imagined was imagining. But, like, when I saw him in real life, I'm like, this is completely opposite of what he is, but I'm not mad at it whatsoever. Like, because his demeanor, he's very nerdy himself, which I think is so great because it really reflects off of Blizzard itself. Because it really shows that, you know, the person who's in charge is pretty much just like everybody else. And I feel like that creates a charm of its own. And I was like, this is a cool dude. We gave him a beach ball at the end of um, the program, actually. We had a class beach ball that we named Big M. And we all signed it at the end and gave it to him. And I think it's in his office or something. That is awesome. That's so cool. That's so (laughs) neat. (laughs) now um just because it's not i mean you and i have all sorts of discussions about like politics and and gender coding and like we like this is oh yeah this is this is what we do with it like if anybody wants to know what what my life is like during breaks it's just basically marturi and i fighting (laughs) each other and and complaining about politics or life or whatever um but you told me a story when we were talking about um I think I brought it up when we were talking about Comics Gate or something like that, and you you talked about um, the reaction to the tweet they sent out. Oh my! Wait, okay, was this 
wait, what's this about the Instagram post? Is that yeah, was, yes, okay? Yeah, that's what is it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think Blizzard has like I think they have two Instagram accounts. Um, and one of them is like about Blizzard life and their employees and stuff like that. And so they posted a bunch of pictures of um the you know of girls you code and they were like we're so excited to have had them here and i was like oh my goodness i'm so pleased to have been here and i you know i was like really happy that they posted us and you know everything and so i didn't know about this other people told me about this and then i actually had to go and see it but apparently we were getting hate comments on the instagram post and it was like I think one of the comments specifically said, um, I didn't know you had to have a vagina to work at Blizzard. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, okay, first of all, I thought that the comments were really funny because I just have the thickest skin and nothing deters me at this point. Like, I, I mean, you know, that's kind of hard for other people. So I recognize that. But personally, I thought that they were really funny that people would actually take their time to rag on like 16 and 17 year old girls. But, you know, other than that, like, first of all, we weren't even working at Blizzard. It was just a program there and it was part of their philanthropy thing. And, um, you know, it was a great opportunity for Blizzard and for Girls Who Code and for all the students and the teachers and everything like that. And so we were all really lucky to have been there. And so, I don't know, I was just like reading the comments and I was like, because they ended up getting deleted by the people who managed the Instagram post because they didn't, you know, want that negativity on there. And I t completely, you know, recognize why they would delete the comments. But it kind of just got me thinking about, um, like, <laughs> like Comic Gate and Gamergate and how all of these things have happened over, you know, the past years and how I thought that things were getting better. But, it, like, it's not at all getting better. And it just kind of... It just kind of made me sad because I'm like, we're better than this as a community. You know, there's mm -hmm. so many like amazing women who are involved in um, video games and just geek stuff in general. And there are a lot of great men, too. And so, you know, it's great that we're recognizing the men, but we also need to recognize the women and make sure that there is room for women, not only in the workplaces, but also in the conversations and recognizing that like women like things too. I know that's, that's a crazy concept, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of closeted female nerds out there. And I feel like, you know, the, the geek community would be all the all the better to ha to include more women into um, the fold because the more the merrier, right? Mm -hmm. That's all. That that's my two cents. Well, that's been that's been one of our um, kind of mantras at this point, especially when we're talking about um, diversity in comics or diversity in film or diversity in anything. It's kind of like you you start running out of stories if you don't start including stories from other people. And uh, it's just so important to get those voices out there. So I'm, I'm glad that they have programs that are, are allowing, you know, voices that are underrepresented um, get out there. I think it's, it's so important and we need more of them. For sure. And, you know, the thing is, like, I don't represent Girls Who Code. I don't represent Blizzard. I'm just a 17-year-old girl who sits at home all day. But 
I'm a very opinionated person as well. And I, I've been telling people that, yes, over um, the summer, I did Girls Who Code and I was very privileged to have done it. And it was a great experience. And like some people were like, Girls Who Code, why isn't there a Boys Who Code? And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> Boys Who Code is like all coding. Okay. First of all, there's <laughs> there's a lot of female programmers, but for the most part, still to this day, a lot of programmers are still male. And this is just prevalent throughout all STEM fields. And just like, you know, the fact that a lot of people, I find this a lot more prevalent on like in the geek community, actually, is that whenever there's any type of promotion of women in STEM, there's such a pushback against it. And there are people saying, why do you not push boys towards STEM? But it's the fact that Women need this extra push or this extra encouragement, actually, because our society kind of raises up boys to go into STEM fields, go into video games, um, engineering, mathematics, programming, whatever you want to, you know, what aspect you're thinking about. But our society doesn't really push girls into um, the, the same way that we push boys. And so having programs like Girls Who Code, and um, there are other programs like Code with uh, Kloss, and um, there's this new initiative that came out by the Ad Council called She Can STEM, that's also about women in STEM and exposing girls to women in STEM that are really needed because people don't know all these amazing things that girls can do or girls are already doing or women are already doing. And so having programs like Girls Who Code is really, really vital because I'm not going to lie, when I went to Blizzard, I feel like subconsciously I didn't expect that many women to be there. But there were so many women there and all of the women were really talking about how they were really encouraged by the community that they were in to you know, go into video games and how in their in the company they've been really encouraged. And I think that's so great because that allows for a lot of, you know, diversity in characters and in stories and so many new ideas to come out. And I feel like people aren't, you know, they're so stuck in their old ways that they can't realize the potential that women and people of color bring into the story or the picture, I guess. And, you know, I on that line, I think women are actually better storytellers. Um, and that's, I mean, for somebody like me, that's why I play video games, is because I want a story. And I think women are more detail-oriented in general. Uh, and details is where stories lie, in my opinion. So having more women coders, having more uh, female story writers and artists I think will be beneficial for the gaming industry because the, of the details. If that makes sense, or am I mm-hmm. just rambling? No, I, I, it makes sense. I get what you're saying. Well, and I think like uh, Blizzard especially has, has made a lot of changes to their games. I know there used to be a lot of complaints that there were not a lot of um, female models as far as like, if you went into an area that had, um, you know, a population of orcs or ogres or whatever, 
um, there wasn't, there were a lot of male models. There weren't a lot of female models. And so it was kind of like, well, did they asexually reproduce? Like where are the, all the, <laughs> like, where are all the women? And, and it gave birth to this myth that, that models just simply sprung out of holes in the ground. <laughs> exactly. So, so it just, it became, you know, so they started adding more female models to the, to the game. And then they started doing things like there was a whole, um, when they did Warlords of Draenor, I know there was a lot of people who complained about the fact that Thrall, who's one of the you know longest standing characters in WoW, um, goes off to have this adventure um, where he's fighting against all these male tribal leaders and he leaves his wife home with the kids. And it's like, like basically orcs are like Klingons. Like they are a warrior race. Like everybody is... Um, you know, it is, it is not acceptable <laughs> to leave your wife at home when you go off to a war party. And so, you know, people, there were people that were in, you know, both the fandom and in, in Blizzard itself who were like, uh, no, she needs to be there kind of making sure that he's safe and keeping a check. And if they have to strap the kid onto their back, then that's what they would do because that's, yeah. that, you know, don't, don't just, like you know, they looked at they looked at their characters and they're like, oh my god, we have no women in this expansion. And then within a couple months, they they corrected that they they changed it so that there were a lot more um, a lot more women represented in the in the game. Well, and here's the other part of that: um, a lot of fantasy novels, uh, specifically like Tolkien and. Uh, others that fall into that same uh, Tolkienian philosophy. Um, those are based off of mm-hmm. Viking stories and Viking culture. And in Viking culture, the women were just as, if not more so, mm-hmm. badass than the men. And you had female Jarls. You had female tribal leaders who earned their place there because they fought to get there. And I think to push that part of the culture aside, because it's something you don't idealize with does a disservice to that culture. And it does a disservice to our modern culture too. For sure. And you know, the thing I feel like people need to recognize because people tell me this, that whenever I point out that something is problematic People always say like, oh, why do you hate me or why do you hate that thing or that person? And it's like, I don't hate that person because hatred is too much of a strong feeling for me to just sparingly use. But also, I mean, I might dislike it, but as long as you recognize your problem and fix your problem and you actually throw, you know, show it through your actions, then it's fine because you're actively showing change. And I think in the long run, that's what's really important. And I feel like overall people don't really understand that, oh, if you make a mistake, you can actually like, you know, redeem yourself, which is, I think, a crazy thought to some people, which I don't understand because I feel like redemption is one of the greatest story arcs. And if we can incorporate that into our daily lives, I think that would be great because we don't have time to, you know, hold grudges forever because people, you know, people change and people move on and people need to recognize that, you know, these video game companies, yeah, they were problematic before, but 
once they recognize that they were problematic and they actively make a change and improve their characters, improve their stories, include more women or, you know, more people of color and stuff like that, then I that's a win in my book. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's how we got Overwatch. Um, I've, I've mentioned many times on this show the idea that the cover character for Overwatch is part of the LGBT community is yeah. Really? So that's so yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's a, and so for, for, for me finding out that they, they just did it in a comic. She was, you know, like decorating a Christmas tree with her, her girlfriend and so cute. Yeah. And it's so, it's like, you know, that that's so powerful because that is probably the first iconic gay character that, became you know i mean it's a gay character in a video game on the cover of the box like to me that's amazing i think that's so great because you know like the whole story or idea of overwatch is like um you know a new hope or whatever and i think that's so great because when we when we met the um overwatch team at blizzard we were asking them a question. We were asking a panel of women who worked on over uh, on Overwatch, and we were. I asked them how um, having more women has impacted their video games, and um, the thing that they pointed out was at Overwatch and how you know as you include more people, you get better games and better characters and better storylines and arcs and everything like that, and. Overwatch exemplifies that, and I think it's great. My only problem that I have with Tracer, I'm not gonna lie, is I can't get over her shoes, though. Like, (laughs) they're just so reminiscent of Crocs. Like, they look like the Crocs of the future. And And what's wrong with Crocs? Dare I say everything? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listen, I was a culinary professional, and they were the most comfortable damn shoes I've ever owned. I'm not dissing on their comfort, you know, factor. Simply just the fact that they're an eyesore with all of the holes and the little, like, latch thing on the back that I don't understand. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they they just remind me too much of Crocs. That bothers me a lot. (laughs) Well, if you still have your Crocs, Brian, then you are are that much closer than to a... um, a gender bent uh, tracer. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Nobody wants to. I'm closer to a Mario Batali crossplay at this point <laughs> than I am a gender bent tracer. I mean, tracer is like thin and skinny. I've got a pot belly. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look like tracer after she broke her leg and was laid up for six months with bags of Cheetos. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. So we've, we've talked, we've talked impact. We've talked like all the seriousness that we, we needed to talk. Ken, I know you've, you've, I'm sure you signed non-disclosure, uh, agreements and, and all that fun stuff, but was there anything that is just like geek out worthy that you can like feed us to just make us happy for the rest of the evening? Um, I think what was the coolest part was the fact that they have a library at Blizzard and their library is just filled with video games. Like <gasps> just video games and manga and comics and like books about video games. And they have like Warcraft books and like 
they have like re- like old video games too. So they have like really old video games and like modern video games and okay. and board games too. They have so many board games. Would you say old video games? When I say old video games, I mean like like <laughs> 80s like 80s, yeah, 80s probably. I think from what okay. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't. Not, you don't I, have to. You don't have to worry about offending us. We're old. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Some of us are more so than others. Yes, that is true. I will own my. <laughs> I will own my decade ahead of you. <laughs> um, that's cool. And was it like? Was it like we always hear about Google, where you know there's just kind of the lounge where you can play your video games, or like there's a lot of like freedom in how people move throughout their day um i don't think there was a lounge at least that i saw but i mean i think for the most part they had like a lot of freedom and how people roamed around um the 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 area they have a very very delicious cafe let me tell you that might have <laughs> been the best part of the whole summer was that cafeteria my goodness they had delicious food and i was so happy every time i had lunch it was just an experience and i think it was so cute because on the last thursday of every month they did like food truck thursdays and they would get really good food trucks i never knew the name of them but they were good food trucks yeah joe i I want to go work for blizzard (laughs) (laughs) i know i've I've actually talked to to matt about learning how to code so i can make a a, a career (laughs) change You don't even have to learn how to code. Uh, you could just be a story writer. They need, yeah. they need like be like a project you know, manager. Yeah, I you know I should I should keep the keep my eyes open for their casting boards. <laughs> oh, I know their Overwatch is hiring their Overwatch team, but I think they're they're hiring programmers. Yes, yeah, also that's, they're uh, hiring people for an unnamed Diablo project. Ooh. So that's that's awesome. says Riker from YouTube, but we'll see. Well, anything else that we should definitely know about this experience? It sounds like it was like a, a an amazing thing that you would recommend to to other women. Um, I would say for everybody to support programs like Girls Who Code and also support the companies that are, you know, involved in programs like Girls Who Code because I, for one, I want to be a mechanical engineer when I quote-unquote grow up, Um, but I still really love programming and I still want that to be a part of my life. And I feel like overall this summer and pretty much every aspect of my life has actually, like, really given me the confidence that I needed, you know, that push because when... Um, I was younger, I would try to teach myself how to program. I took a lot of online classes or I tried to self-teach online and I took a class at school and none of them really helped me out at all because, you know, I never felt really welcomed there. But having that environment of people who looked like me and who, you know, um, kind of learned like me and people who consistently encouraged me and helped me throughout the way was a real confidence boost. It was it was the confidence boost that I needed. And I feel like 
I consider myself a pretty confident person. And the fact that it was that program was able to help me so much, it could do miracles or wonders for other people who don't have as much confidence in their abilities as I do. And I think that not only can girls benefit from programs like Girls Who Code, but I think that their families and I think that the world and, you know, the video game industry or just STEM in general and just the world in general can really benefit from more Girls Who Code. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marturia, for for telling us all about your experience. And um, I've been I've been wanting to to sit down with you, talk to you about it, but we are always so busy at school. I'm like, you know what? We're we're, we're to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Um, any any shout outs this week, Brian? You have anybody you want to shout out to? Um, my bed. <laughs> um, no, um, shout out to my D and D campaign, uh, because our, we have just a wonderful DM. Uh, so shout out to Casey Weber for being awesome and shout out to you, our special guest, uh, for coming on and talking about what it's like to be in blizzard and what it's like to be a, a young woman, <laughs> learning how to code and learning to navigate our modern world. Oh, my heart. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> how about you, Marjorie? Any shout outs for anybody out there? Um, honestly, let's see. Shout out to everyone at this podcast right now for allowing me to invade your space for this episode. It was an honor to be here. Um, I, for one, welcome our <laughs> new invader. Um, you know, shout out to all those girls who code out there and for all the geek girls, um, you know, who, who give me the encouragement to do what I do, even though I don't do that much. And I don't know. Shout out to my dog for being a great emotional support animal. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I'm going to send a shout out to uh, my friend Kelly Hightower. Uh, we recorded a an, our, our let's see September episode of State of the Geek yesterday, and it started out as a conversation about um, LGBTQ plus inclusion in um, in geek culture, and it ended up kind of going into this weird area of gender coding. And now I'm kind of I think both of us are a little obsessed with the idea of of gender coding in geek culture, like how every, every Disney villain is like somehow somewhere on the queer spectrum. Um, yeah. Like this is a conversation. <laughs> yeah. This is a conversation for you and I to have. Uh, at- <laughs> Cause like, like as I started digging into it, it like it's crazy. Um, so, so yeah, so we like just a shout out to Kelly for, for of the topic and to get me all excited about more geeking out about the intersection of, of politics and, and geekiness. So, yeah. uh, coming up next week, uh, I believe Ray is back. So we are going to, I think, talk about what dealing with, um, 
geek properties that you love, but you don't agree with the people who created them. Like they're an issue. That's an issue for you. So I think that might be the topic. Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like just no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Please continue. Um, so that's what I think we're going to talk about next week, but we've got a couple of other things that we, we might stick in there instead. So we'll let you know. We'll see you next week. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben sound and is being used under creative commons license. You can find more music by Ben sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, uh, geek fitness, health hacks and tea time with Katie and Chelsea. And I do believe sometime this month, um, Rob is trying to make a comeback for us all because we've been demanding that he come back um, with some sort of weekly geekery show. We haven't quite nailed down a, a, a title yet, but it's going to be kind of just all the co-hosts at random times uh, talking about what they're geeking out about. Uh, you can join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. Um, we are also on Slack and on Discord. You can find all those links at uh, geek2geekcast.com. Uh, you can currently find us at geek2do.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2do.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Brian, where can we find you? Uh, well, we are conveniently located at your local social media platform, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, the usual. Uh, as far as obtaining our podcast, you can go to our website, AverageGeekShow.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play. I believe we're on Amazon. Um, something I will definitely have to check. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, hit us up on our Facebook page. I'm um, usually pretty quick about responding to the messages there. Uh, Twitter, not so much. <laughs> Marjorie, do you feel comfortable giving us something that we can follow your your adventures on? Oh, um, I have an art Instagram. That's like dead, but I occasionally post on there. It's um, msy.art at Instagram if you want to check it out. Yeah, I just post my like mediocre quality art on there. (laughs) (laughs) She's way too humble folks. Way, way too humble. Um, Well, uh, Marturia, thanks again for, for being on the show this week. We really love talking to you and pleasure. Brian, thank you so much for filling in for Ray these last two weeks. It's been wonderful. And we cannot go uh, this long again without you being on the show. Absolutely. And I finally got to get a chance to sit down and talk to Ray. I feel like we're ships passing in the night at this point. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. But that's that's honestly that's Ray with a lot of a lot of our podcasters because he's just so darn busy. (laughs) Understood. Yes. And for all of the rest of you out there, remember this week, keep it geek. This is Frazzly with Frazzlecast. Do you want to talk about World of Warcraft every week with different people and a little bit of geeky stuff? Check out Frazzlecast.com and on all of your favorite podcast players. And remember, keep it geek. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about 
collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. wait. There's a lot more to the shared desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk, after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out.